0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show, DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. We've got another week of golf talk here for you. Uh, happy to be with you, as always. I am Justin Van Zutten. We'll be hosting the show for you. i uh, got Mr. Derek Farnsworth, a.k.a. Notorious, alongside me, and we've got the RBC Heritage to break down this week. So, uh, of course, we'll get to that in due time, but we always have to take a look back at the previous week, particularly when that was the Masters. And the Scotty Scheffler 2022 tour rolls on as uh, he wins yet another tournament, probably about the 15th tournament he's won so far this year, it seems like. And, uh, you know, I I keep uh, discrediting him week in and week out and and saying I'm not going to play him as the, uh, you know, the highest owned golfer or the highest priced golfer or what have you. Uh, And then he keeps on uh, throwing the egg on my face. So kudos to Scheffler for getting the green jacket and – Shame on me for for being fooled by him again, but uh,
1: Noto, uh, boy, he just he just keeps winning, man. Yeah, uh, egg on both our faces for that one. I mean, it's not like uh, I was on him either. Um, one hundred and fifty lineups didn't have him in a single one, so felt pretty good about that. Um, seeing him just get out to what was a five shot lead after round two, and uh, man, he kind of felt like Cam had a had a chance on Sunday. Uh, got it to one on the third hole and Scheffler was in some trouble, and then, you know, Cam hit that second shot that ended up, you know, right next to uh, Scheffler's, and, you know, from that point on, I just kind of felt like he had a new, new uh, you know, breath of life, and uh, chipped that in, and kind of ran away with it after that, but uh, yeah, he just continues to crush. I mean, I was thinking about it today. I would be so happy if the Jaguars could win four or six games, um, and he's won four or six golf tournaments, so <laughs> Uh, it's pretty crazy to see the run he's been on. Uh, we haven't seen a run like this in quite some time. So uh, big props to him. Big swing and a miss for me um, in terms of uh, you know me pegging him. So yeah, props to Scheffler. But a uh, fun tournament, as always. It's a little sad to see the Masters go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it was unfortunate. My sweat was over pretty early in the week. Uh, after Friday, I did not have exposure to anyone inside the top 10. The entire top 10 was not in my player pool. And, uh, you know, that includes some fairly chalky players. So uh, at the end of Friday, I was cashing two lineups out of 150. Uh, and that's never a good thing. And so I ended up like cashing 20 lineups or something. And most of them were like min caches. But I had a lot of Morikawa. Obviously, we talked about him on the show. I had a lot of Rory. We talked about him on the show. And they both uh, made nice runs on Sunday. So salvaged something uh, back from my entries. But the the start was just too brutal. Uh, for, for the guys, a lot of the guys in my player pool, had 25% Casey, had 25% Ustazen. They both withdrew, and it was just that kind of week for me. Uh, I know it was a rough week uh, for you too, but you binked the showdown slate on Sunday to, uh, to salvage a pretty good
1: week. So <laughs> yeah, I wish I could <laughs> say the same. I mean, I thought the DFS guys were out to give me. Uh, Casey in my main lineup on DraftKings withdrew right before he was supposed to tee off. And then uh, Louie in my main lineup on FanDuel. I was really thinking Tiger you know, making the cut was going to be my only source of uh, you know money back of the week, but um, ended up degenning the late showdown slate and uh, was in second heading into the last hole. Um, I needed a double from Scheffler to pass the guy in first, and lo and behold, four putts, uh, three putts from about four feet for me uh, to pass him. So uh, I'm not going to complain about any bad breaks for at least a couple of weeks.
0: <laughs> more like a couple days for me come on we'll, we'll let you tilt come maybe friday afternoon uh no tilting allowed on thursday but uh so that was the late round four showdown not the full round four showdown
1: oh yeah i mean i i had joined the full four four round or the full day showdown and uh that lineup was dead so uh tilt entered the, <laughs> just the five 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 late um and just randomly threw a team in there and i didn't even have Scheffler on it um yeah, ended up having like Zalatoris Torres as my captain and Rory and a couple other guys. But uh overall fun tournament. Pretty awesome seeing Rory and Morikawa both hole out. Um there on 18. That was cool. And I think we I think we kind of had Tiger right. You know, we kind of guessed that he was gonna be competitive the first couple of days and then maybe it would catch up to him, especially with the cold weather, and that's kind of exactly what happened. So yep. um great seeing him out there, great seeing him uh be competitive. You know, you could tell that it was a test for him. Um he was laboring for sure on the weekend, but at least we know we can get uh, 72 holes done again, so hopefully we'll see him uh, here in the next couple months.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I uh, think we, we hit that one at least pretty good last week. Um, other takeaway, I mean, poor Rory, if not for Scheffler being superhuman right now, he'd have himself a green jacket and everybody would be talking about that round on Sunday because no. it was
1: fantastic. No, he he put it up his best round when he was way out of it. I, just, I, I mean, props to him. It was a great day. Uh, maybe he can take, you know, some of this, you know, Sunday low round. And I think he tied the lowest round ever at the Masters on Sunday uh, with that 64. But he just can't – I just don't think he would have done it if, uh, you know, it, he was, you know, tied or something like that. It just um, – when the pressure's off, it's just a completely different game. Um, and we kind of saw that with Cam Smith there at 12. He kind of pulled within two or three after his birdie at 11. And then, you know, it just got too greedy. Number 12 just continues to take souls. Um so, yeah, that's uh, – I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't uh, dunk on Rory too much, but we've seen him at yeah, this event. Yeah, it's probably true. It's probably true.
0: I'm not – it's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison when you're, you know, when you're not in the final group there in the heat of the moment. And we have seen him, you know, uh, let us down in those situations. So, it's a fair point.
1: I don't think he was ever within five until, uh, you know, Scheffler doubled to last. But, uh, yeah, great great round from Rory. Uh, Zalatoris continues to crush majors and difficult courses. Uh, It's fun seeing him play so well. Um, Connors at the Masters is going to be a story moving forward. Uh, JT, once again, had one or two bad holes that uh, took him out of the tournament. We've been saying that about JT at the Masters forever. And then uh, Cam Champ uh, punches his ticket for another Masters with the top 12 finish. So um, certainly course history goes a long way here. But it seems like recent form goes uh, even longer just because, you know, Cam Smith and, Sheffler were the two hottest golfers coming in maybe Shane Lowry as well and all three ended up finishing you know in the top three
0: yeah for sure and uh it was uh, it was really interesting it would have been a crazy Sunday if uh if it you know heading into Saturday basically you had Sheffler, and then you had what 15 guys within a couple of shots so uh, you know, it took a little bit of the drama out of it, but, uh, still, I mean, it's, uh, it's always fun to enjoy the masters. Any other takeaways from the tournament, uh, for you outside of the guys we've already talked about?
1: Uh, the scoring was a lot tougher than I expected. I mean, I, we kind of talked about the wind and the cold weather, but, uh, man, that course played extremely difficult. I like the changes, you know, on 15, now there's a decision whether you want to go for it or you know, lay up on your second. And a lot of golfers were saying, I'm just going to lay up every time. And then they'd get out there. They did a good drive. And then all of a sudden they, you know, feel like they needed to go for it. So um, I like the extra length on that hole. I think 11 is just brutal. Um, I think that play is very difficult. That play is probably as tough as the 13th. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I love the changes, love the course, love everything about the event. They just do it to perfection. Love the Masters app. I wish we could have that every week. Uh, nothing bad to say uh, about the Masters.
0: Well, regrettably, we got to let it go. We got to move forward. We uh, turned the page to a new week, and we've got the RBC Heritage at Town this week. So if you want to chat with us during the show, check out the free Roto Grinders Discord. That's at rotogrinders.com backslash discord. Uh, you don't have to be a premium subscriber to get access to that. Uh, you can get into the live stream chat channel. Uh, which is where we will chat with you during the show. If you have questions or if you just want to uh, hang out and talk golf, RotoGrinders discord in the live stream chat channel. We'll uh, we'll see you there. So RBC heritage, even though it's the week after a major, the field isn't horrible. And, uh, and I like this tournament. It's a nice change of pace. It's a different style of course at Harbor town. And uh, it's a fun one. So uh, even though there's probably a little bit of masters hangover out there, this is a tournament that I really enjoy watching and following. So uh, we'll see if it pays off with some good lineups, but uh, I like the course. So why don't you tell the people what we've got at Town this week?
1: Yeah, I like the course as well. Um, it's one where everyone's kind of in play. Certainly don't have to have distance. I think the average driving distance on most of the holes is less than 280 yards. So you're going to see a lot of guys uh, club down off the tee. Um, overall, par 71, 7,100 yards. Pete Dye design, and historically, you know, you can't overpower a Pete Dye course, That's certainly the case this week. Um, The big story for me: the greens, 3,700 square feet on average. uh, For reference, Masters, Augusta National is about 6,700 square feet. Uh, We see a couple on the PGA Tour that um, average over 7,000 square feet. So these are extremely small greens, very tough to hit. Um, You don't necessarily have to be playing from the fairway, but you do want to be on the right side of the hole. Um, A lot of water hazards, a lot of uh, trees um, that come into play um, when you're trying to approach these greens. So. Gonna see a lot of mid irons from 150 to 200 yards. And uh, you're gonna see a lot of missed greens. So I think uh stroke screen approach, stroking around the green, gonna be really big keys for me. Uh, the greens themselves, they feature Bermuda with POA um, overseed. And that's about all the notes that I have. I think you can look at other P dye designs, as you know, comp courses, uh, maybe look at Quill Hollow, Sedgefield, um, Sonic, uh, sort of the Carolina style um, courses. Do you have anything to add?
0: I believe they did lengthen two of the par fives by about 35 yards or so. Um, but one of them was like 501 before, so now it's like 530. Um, so, I mean, they're still reachable in two if you hit a good drive, if you decide to hit driver. So uh, shouldn't change the way the course plays. But if you look at the scorecard, it is about 60 or 70 yards longer, uh, mainly with those two par fives. Uh, Those might be the only two holes that had a distance change. I I can't remember. I read that last night, but uh, in any case, that's the uh, two slightly lengthened par fives change to the course, but otherwise, yes, a course, where you can certainly look at, uh, you just got to get in position off the tee and a good second shot golf course and uh, looking at play around the green scrambling uh, becomes a little more important here uh, with the size of the greens, as you mentioned. So, uh, with that, we can probably go ahead and uh, dig in. I mentioned the field not horrendous for the week after a major. We've got, um, let's see, the top uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, the top 20 or so golfers all played last week. So it's not like you can just avoid guys that played uh, the Masters because then you're just leaving a bunch of salary on the table. It's not like all these guys are going to be terrible. So, uh obviously guys that decide to play this week they're here for a reason either they want to be here they like the course or they're rbc sponsored or whatever the case may be um they wouldn't be here if they were just planning on packing it in so i think a little bit gets overblown with the narrative of guys playing the week after the masters i mean maybe uh with you could make an argument for somebody like cam smith or something that uh maybe his head's not all into this week because of what happened but other than that uh, i think maybe that narrative is a little overplayed so your thoughts on the guys that uh, played last week and then we've got our usual five golfers in the five-figure salaries on DraftKings. who are you liking out of there
1: yeah no worries if they played the masters uh last week and to your point i mean if you want to fade everyone that did play you're going to be leaving a lot of money on the table um, with so many of the the big names um playing last week so at the very top, I'm not forcing anyone in the 10K range into my lineups. I do like the balance build. Not a ton of values in the 6K range that I love this week. But I uh, the guys up here. Um, it's hard not to like JT. You talk about it being a second shot golf course. Um, number one or number two in Stroth's approach and proximity with those mid irons. Um, pretty much any time frame that you want to look at. T8 here in 2020. Um, I do think Cam Smith is probably going to get overlooked just because Nobody knows how he's going to react after, you know, kind of falling apart there on the back nine. I guess it was only just, you know, one or two holes. He kind of finished strong. So no no idea what to do with him. Um, DJ's got the decent course history, but, I mean, he took the driver out of his bag last week at Augusta, um, which is, you know, the most driver-friendly course on the PJ Tour. And he talked about not being able to hit his irons very well. So I'm a little bit worried about DJ. Um, no issue with Morikawa. And then Cantley just loves uh, p Dye courses. So I think for me, JT, Morikawa, can't are going to be uh, my top three there.
0: All right. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's interesting. We might have a few differences this week. Um, I kind of like the 6K range uh, this week. I, I think that the punt values are kind of interesting as dart throws. And Doug Gim is only 6,900, so he qualifies as a 6K play, but uh, we'll get to him in a while. Um, really interesting on DJ. I, I think, you know, that, that those comments are interesting, um, but he, uh, he plays here every year and it's not a course that you would expect him to play well at. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think DJ is one of my favorite plays this week. Uh, a little bit of a, a hunch, a little bit of a, a course history, a little bit of the form has just kind of started to come around a little bit. And we've only got him around 12 percent. So uh, I, I think DJ is uh, is probably the strongest top end tournament play on the board. Uh, I think, you know, going if you start with Thomas or Morikawa or Cantlay at the top, uh, that's fine for for cash builds. And um, I mean, I'm all I always tend to be underweight on Cameron Smith and I'm definitely not going to play him this week after what happened towards the end there at the Masters. And not that I don't think he can play well, just that uh, there's probably is going to be a little bit of fatigue factor, uh, hangover factor, whatever you want to call it for him. So. Uh, any other thoughts on that range uh, for you? It seems like uh, DJ will be the one that uh, people are most polarized on this
1: week one way or the other. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think Cam Smith's the lowest owned of the bunch? It just seems like everyone's going to you know, yeah. buy into that narrative. If we just ignored um, you know, his last eight holes and said, hey, he was in 15th heading into Sunday and finished third, he'd be the highest on golfer this week. It's just weird how you know he was in a chance to win and then dropped to third. So now nobody wants to play him. Uh, we know the short game's great, so I'm torn on Cam. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, maybe I'll maybe I'll come around on DJ a little bit. He does play this every year. The form has been improving. I just it was weird seeing him not hit any drivers last week.
0: Cardinal fan in me has to be a little excited right now. Albert Pujols just went yard, and that was pretty sweet nice. uh, for for a Cardinal fan uh, with him hitting his first summer back in St. Louis. That's pretty cool. Um, and also, did you see the
1: story on Will Wilcox today? Um I follow him on Twitter but I didn't see anything.
0: Read it. Uh, it. It's a really good read. Um and Will Wilcox goes into a uh, very vivid detail about his struggle with heroin addiction and a whole lot of heavy drugs uh, while he was on tour and he got suspended for a time uh for for weed and uh, it, it's like he's like that's what got me suspended and I was like Shooting heroin and doing a whole lot of other stuff, and like one time where he was trying to kick it and he had like the jitters in the middle of a round. Um, and Lanto Griffin was caddying for him fascinating article, um, just uh captivating. And of course, a a lot of us followed him when he was on tour and uh, and played him in DFS if if you go back far enough. But uh, those of you who are watching, obviously, too. Um, If you're into, you know, golf and uh, DFS, um, it's just phenomenal, phenomenal read. So check that out after the
1: show. Yeah, Uh, I will for sure.
0: All right, let's move down into the next range. A bunch of guys, uh, many of whom played pretty well last week. We mentioned Lowry. We mentioned Connors. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick calls this his favorite course on tour. You'll hear that a few times this week. Uh, You've got uh, Sung J.M. and Jordan Spieth in the 9K range. So, again, the field is deeper uh, than what we are used to seeing at at a tournament the week after the Masters. So um, hard to ignore Fitzpatrick. He obviously loves the course. His stats are great. Uh, We know he's at a distance this year that you talked about last week. You don't necessarily need that here. Uh, but uh, loves the course and, and the form has been really solid for the last few months. So Fitzpatrick is my first target in here. Who are you looking at in the nine case?
1: Yeah, I absolutely love this range. This is kind of why I'm thinking I'll start with two of these guys rather than somebody in the 10 case, just because I think the win equity is just as strong in this range as it is at the very top. Mets of Fitzpatrick, uh, the favorite course narrative certainly plays. The short game narrative certainly plays. Uh, he's number one uh, on four this season in his game total um, still. Um, and he's ahead of, you know, Cam Smith, JT, Scheffler, all those guys, that, which is pretty impressive given, you know, the run that they've been on the last couple months. So I agree with you on fits He will be popular, but I think that's good chalk. I like Daniel Berger right above him. Um, he always struggles at the Masters, so I'm not worried about his T-50 finish. Tends to play well on these shorter Bermuda courses. Very good with the irons, accurate off the tee. Corey Connors just continues to play well. I think he's had top 35s in uh, nine straight events, uh, which is pretty impressive. So uh, he's been on fire with the irons. I like Lowry a little bit um, at the bottom of the range. I love Hanley. I think he's a perfect course fit uh, here. He has a top 10 last year. He's been playing some great golf. He hasn't missed a cut in 15 straight events. And then the guys uh, in the middle, I I could get talked into Neiman. No issue with Connors. Um, you know, Sung Jay's a guy that always plays well on the shorter courses. So a lot to love other than Jordan Speed.
0: <laughs> yeah, if it didn't happen last week, I played him at the Masters, for goodness sakes. Even I did. Uh, all the guys that I never play uh, that I played <laughs> last week, Louie, uh, finally the withdrawal bug comes again, speed. All those guys, uh, and burn t-
1: Tigers out there on one leg, and Louie and Casey just withdraw from little, little sore backs. I just can't <laughs> believe it. Um, is this a
0: case where even if you're doing like a main lineup, that maybe you decide, okay, I'm gonna go with like three of these guys? and avoid the 10 K plus range and do it a little more balanced this week or or what do you think? Yeah,
1: that's what I'm doing. I think, uh, you know, plenty of time for this to change, but all my guys in my main lineup are between 96 and 76. So uh, very balanced for me, but obviously MME, I'll have, you know, some guys up top as well.
0: All right. Uh, Yeah, I I agree. I think that's pretty viable uh, this week for sure. And then it all depends, I guess, on how much you like that uh, value range. But the, in, in the GPPs, I do like the the stars and scrubs build um, in, in cash games or if you're just going, you know, maybe for a single lineup build. I, I think the balanced approach uh, makes a lot more sense. So uh, my favorites in that range, probably Fitzpatrick, uh, Connors, burger in that order, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll mix and match in GPPs and, and have a healthy dose of uh, Henley as well at, at 9k. I like, so, all right, let's move into the, uh, the 8k range here um, where you know, the field starts to dip just a little bit, but you got some guys with interesting uh, course history in here. Hey, and you got guys with, um, you know, that, that'd be Webb Simpson. So he's probably a starting point, Webb Simpson, eight top twenties, including a win here. Uh, but the, uh, the recent form has been, a little bit of a struggle uh, for Webb however he was in like 14th at the Masters going into Sunday so it, let's say Webb would have had a decent Sunday at the Masters and finished like eighth and you take his course history here he would undoubtedly have been the highest stone golfer in the field at 8800 but instead he shot like a 76 on Sunday um, faded to 30 something if and you know his form outside of that has been a little shaky lately so now you're getting him maybe only at 14 to 16 Uh, we've got him at 16 right now I think that might be a little high hard to say it it all comes down to the the course history versus current form debate which I think is fascinating with a guy like Webb here Uh, where do you land on uh, on him
1: this week I was hoping he would be a little lower owned we have him at 17 percent right now but uh, I think I'll be on Webb and MME Uh, I was just looking at his uh, ball striking numbers from last week he did gain uh, off the tee and uh, tee to green so um, I think maybe his game's turning around a little bit. He's finally starting to play, you know, more golf uh, for a while. There, he was playing once every few months. So I can get by in the web take. Uh, right below him, you know, Horschel and Hatton got to play together. Uh, I think it was on Sunday, and Hatton just lost his mind. And <laughs> I don't know if you you saw the quotes from that from those two, but uh, I saw a little bit. Yeah, Hatton's, Hatton is crazy. <laughs> Hatton saying he he's going to return here as a caddy rather than a player because he just. He he doesn't hit any of these shots usually on the PGA tour, and then Horschel saying he loves guys that that uh, you know don't flip out on the course, and it's just the wildest uh, the wildest quotes from both of them because Horschel is the madman on the course usually. So him being the voice of reason was kind of funny. Um, I don't think I'm going to play much of either of them this week, but I did think that was pretty funny. Uh, I like Norn at 8,300. We always talk about his short game. He's gained uh, over 15 strokes with his irons uh, over the last couple months. So um, the irons are locked in. Um, He's got three straight top 30s here as well. And then uh, I'll go back to Tommy Fleetwood. He's finally playing a little bit better on the PGA Tour. The ball striking numbers look much better than they did last year. Um, So I like Norton and Fleetwood the best, but uh, I'll have some web as well.
0: I think Norrin is really interesting. He's a guy I've come around on a lot in the last 24 hours. Um, when you look at his numbers and uh, and you know his what's his you got his course history here,
1: yeah, three straight top thirties,
0: yeah, so pretty solid and uh, the stats are better than than you know what they were say trailing the the previous twelve months uh, coming into this. So uh, Norin I, I do like a lot. He'll probably be my second highest owned in this range behind uh, behind Webb. So like both of them, uh, like the Fleetwood call as well a little bit of him last week um really nothing to
1: what are you doing with Kisner it seems like we should just play him at these tracks even though I know
0: he's... it but it is like it's got to stand out like a sore thumb in your numbers there that it's just he just doesn't grade out as well as the as basically anybody within about 10 spots of him
1: yeah he's uh 38th in the model which uh, is not good but I mean there's like eight tournaments a year that no I he... know So I I don't know I think I'll play some especially if he's going to be low owned Um, he does have a second a seventh and eleventh here so uh, I'll probably play some if he stays pretty low owned all
0: right we can do it we 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 can do it together I have to look at it a little bit more usually I just x him out uh, because he always seems overpriced (laughs) yeah so admittedly didn't haven't looked super deep um because you look at you just you you got Kirk there and McNeely there and then you get into the seven ks. And you've got uh, Mr. RBC Heritage, Matt Kucher who's suddenly uh, good again. Matt Kucher is, is on the rise. So uh, I see you've got him tagged up in our lineup HQ here. Uh, pretty sure we haven't gone back in time. So, yeah, Kucher uh, you can make a good case for him this week.
1: Yeah, I think my note was it's 2022, and I'm recommending Matt Kucher It uh, can't, can't end well, but – I mean, he's made ten straight cuts here. He's got to win three other top tens. Um, he's coming off with two of his best finishes of the season: um, t sixteen at Valero, second play or second place at Valero, t sixteen at the Bausch bars. So, I'll uh, I'll play some Kucher. Um, doesn't look like he's going to be you know too chalky, which uh, I'm kind of happy about. And again, it's just a short game course, um, and you can get away with like average approach play if you're, if your short game is really good here. We've seen that with uh, you know Kucher, Webb, all those all those type of guys. So I like him. I like Kevin non tournaments. Ton of upside. He's played uh, pretty well the last couple of weeks. Him posting the top fifteen at the Masters was pretty impressive. Um, it seems like those shorter guys when the weather gets bad at the Masters, they just seem to play a lot better. Uh, maybe it's because the par fives get a lot tougher and they turn to the three shot holes. I'm not sure what it is, but he played well last week. Uh, you know I'm going to Harmon and then Hadwin. Hadwin just seems like the the easiest play of the week. I mean, I know the course history isn't amazing, but three straight top tens, really good short game. The Irons have been on fire. Um, I kind of like Cadman too. So
0: You mentioned the shorter hitters doing better at the masters when the weather gets bad. Wasn't it like really rainy and crappy the year that Zach Johnson laid up on all the par fives in one. Yep. Uh, it's just uh, yeah, there's definitely something to that. I, I think the negating the advantage of the bigger hitters on the par fives might have something to do with it, but you got a lot of those guys, those are the guys that are in this field on this tighter, shorter, you know, tree line track because uh, it's not a driver heavy course and it caters to their games. And it's no surprise that guys like Webb and Kucher have had success here in the past. So uh, it all it all kind of adds up to a good week for for those guys at Town most of the time. So, uh, yeah, so I like Harmon in that range as well. I think uh, Harmon and Hadwin are definitely the guys that stand out. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of differences of opinion in, in this pricing range. Um, anybody a little lower-owned that looks okay in the in the numbers in that kind of 7.4, 7.5K range?
1: Uh, Kokrak is interesting. Finally showed some life. And, I mean, he's won three times in the last 18 months or whatever. It looks like he's going to be under 10%. Very boomer bus course history. But uh, if you're playing MME, I don't mind taking a little bit of him just because we know the upside is a win.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think he's interesting in, in tournaments as well. Uh, interesting to see Cameron Young back in the field this week, but it seems like the the shine has worn off a little bit after uh, he was one of the more popular kind of flops last week. Um, we we'll go to the lower end of the 7K range. Some guys that sometimes get some buzz, JJ Spawn obviously, uh, won a few weeks ago. Munoz in here sometimes gets popular. Everybody knows I like Knox on a uh, ball striker's course at 7,300. So uh, Knox and Glover, I think, are the two guys that uh, might be worth a look at lower ownership at the bottom part of the 7K range. Uh, who are you looking at in there?
1: Yeah, I agree on those two. Um, I also think Munoz is interesting. You mentioned him. His T-degree number has been very good um, recently. It's just been the putter that's been letting him down. So I think he's interesting. Yeah. Um, don't have a lot else. I mean, I think Howell is coming off of a really good finish, uh, but he doesn't have the course history that I was expecting. Um, typically, he loves uh, these type of tracks in the weaker fields, uh, the shorter courses, but uh, I guess he did finish top 20 here last year. Don't really love a lot else in this range. I didn't even see Ricky was in the field. Oh, that's. <laughs> I, I wish I wouldn't have.
0: That's, I was going to say that's probably for the better
1: <laughs> for you. <laughs> he, might, he really projects poorly if I didn't even see him. I usually give notes on like the top 70 in my model. So that's not good.
0: Poor Ricky. The mighty have fallen for sure for, uh, Mr. Fowler there at seven K. I mean, he's cheaper than Anabond Lahiri and Sep Straka <laughs> and all these guys. Uh, it's, uh, yikes. All right. Um, yeah, I don't have much else above seven K either. Um, I don't mind, what about, did you mention Hoagie earlier?
1: No, but if you like iron play, I mean, this guy's one of the top three or four in the field and career year, so I don't mind that play.
0: Yeah, he's been fantastic. I mean, we talk about uh, guys having good 2022 calendar years so far. Uh, Hoagie has been one that uh, doesn't seem to get as much buzz, obviously, but uh, keeps on playing well and keeps on being, you know, kind of, uh underrated in in betting models and thus dfs salaries he's he's never super high so all right um 6k punts i I think the 6k range is really interesting this week because i could see this tournament just being wonky turning into a wedge fest somebody gets hot somebody makes enough putts and uh you know it, it just becomes their time i mean look the number two money list guy on this course all time is Luke Donald. And so if Luke Donald can do it, and I posted this on Twitter yesterday, I put four bets on DraftKings. I used my crowns. I had 200 bucks in crowns. I placed four bets on outright winners that were all either 400 or 500 to one. So if I'm hoping for one mini sweat come the weekend, if I get one mini sweat out of those crowns, They all pay at least 28 grand for my 400 and 500 to one winners. Well, who are they? 70 bucks on Adam Spenson to win at 400 to one 70 on Roger Sloan at 400 to one. So we're going Canadian 60 on Warinsky at 500 to one and 60 on Norlander at 500 to one. Like these are all guys that we've seen upside from. We've seen upside from Spenson just a month or so ago and last year, I mean, Norlander, I even those are guys that would, would have been 70 or 80 to one in this field. And granted, they haven't had the same 2022 calendar year, but like Warenski's played better his last couple events. I think he had missed like 10 of 12 cuts or something like that, but he's made his last two. So uh, those are guys that, I mean, I think they're basically min salary everywhere. Obviously they're 400, 500 to one. I certainly don't expect one of these guys to win but if they do i used my crowns and i got like thirty thousand dollars out of it and it's a great story and if they don't we'll just rip the tickets up the digital tickets up so um and i mean these are guys that in gpps heck sprinkle some of them in there like svenson i've played enough might as well do it again and I, I don't know. Maybe it's not those four guys. Maybe you got somebody else, or you know, maybe somebody's playing Luke Donald still because of his course history, or maybe somebody likes a Hudson Swafford or a Neesmith or something like that, and all these guys are in the 6Ks. Like Joel Damon is 6,800. Uh, I joked about Doug Gim earlier, but he's 6,900. Uh, Danny Willett was up there again last week for a while at the Masters at 6,900. So uh, I don't know. I just think there's going to be a couple guys in here that really surprised at uh, under 7k this week so i'm going to take some shots on on some of those guys
1: i love that using your crowns for some upside uh, no point in doing a you know basketball game something like that so love that um the model does like norlander and spenson so um that's pretty good um, i'll have a couple shares of them the model also likes uh, tringali and pat perez more long-term plays but they've been pretty bad here i don't think i'll end up using more than you know 5% of them, but maybe I'll keep him in the player pool. After that, it's pretty, pretty ugly. Um, Cam Davis did make the cut last week at the Masters. He's a guy that makes a ton of birdies. So if he finishes you know, T40, you kind of expect him to outscore that finishing position. He's at 6,800. And then uh, Neesmith does rate out pretty well, but if he's going to be double-digit ownership, I, I'm fine just taking my chances with the full fade.
0: Yeah, it's probably going to be he, he'll be the the most popular in this range I think. I mean not like it's going to be outrageous, but yeah, there's enough other boom bust plays in here that uh you know, uh, I don't mind spreading it out to uh, to some lower owned guys. So, I already gave like four or five of them that I've got exposure to, to so I'm not going to go not going to go out on too many more uh limbs. Sable is asking in the chat. Any love for Wes Bryan, that's a name we haven't heard in a while. He's not one of the guys I bet at 400 to one, but he probably is 400 <laughs> to one, just like those other guys. So uh doesn't look like your numbers like him too much.
1: So I was just pulling up his numbers. So he does have a win here. Um, I think it was 2017. He's also T25 here last year, coming off of a 15th at Corrales. So if you are, uh, you know, throwing some deep punts, I don't mind it, but, the recent numbers off the tee. Yeah, okay, that's right.
0: I earned myself another seventy bad. bucks worth of crowns.
1: <laughs> yes, there you go. But yeah, the <laughs> the off the tee numbers are, have been concerning, and hopefully that's not an issue this week.
0: I mean, when he's bad off the tee, it just it's bad.
1: Like you know, I, I played him at the John Deere one year, and he couldn't even make it to the fairway. It was the it was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. So.
0: Yeah, you'll know in nine holes if he's just dead <laughs> or not. Like, there's no in-between with him. Uh, definitely GPP only when it comes to DFS and uh, in the mix of the 400-1 long shots, if if you want. So, um, not a name that was on my radar this week, but, uh, yeah, I can see the logic behind it. Certainly not any worse than the logic I used for some of my guys. So,
1: What about Lonto? I mean, 6,800 in this field. I mean, he's been whenever he's under seven K. Oh yeah. That's the, that's the the thing. So yeah, I'm in, he'll be in my GPP pool. I bet 3%. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah. I mean, the form obviously isn't anything to write home about, but uh, that's why he's 6,800 in this field. So it's basically priced in. So in terms of ceiling, uh, you can't, you can't argue with that at that salary uh, for him.
1: Yeah, one more question. Uh, CT Pan, Brian Stewart, Nate Lashley—any interest in those guys? Um, I mean, probably maybe CT Pan. If I had to pick one,
0: uh, I'd have to do a deeper dive. Though I haven't looked at him too deep. Um, he would probably be the guy. It looks like he's got about four percent ownership. Form yeah. hasn't been horrible.
1: Don't mind Stewart either. Uh, a guy known for fairways and putting. So yeah, if, uh, yeah, he plays yeah. well in
0: these types of courses. Yeah. Yeah, Lashley would be a third, uh, for me as well. So the other two guys I think are, are in the mix.
1: So, yeah, I think for the most part, I'm, I'm trying to build seven and up just cause there's a lot of strong plays in the in the mid to upper seven K's.
0: Yeah, and in theory, should see a little bit higher percentage of uh, six of six, five of six lineups this week. This is not compared to last week, but compared to the normal full field PGA Tour events, because a lot of them are 156 or 144 golfers. Uh, this one is only 132. So, slightly smaller field, a larger percentage of the golfers will uh, will make the cut uh, compared to, to 156 golfer field. Uh, so, just based on math, obviously, if all the chalk bus. Uh, then that's a different story and doesn't end up coming to fruition. But just based on the numbers, uh, you would expect uh, more six of six lineups this week. So, any other thoughts before we get out of here for you?
1: I don't think so. Um, I do think everyone has a Masters thing over. So, um, if you yeah, a, find, little quiet, a little quiet, little quiet. <laughs> if you can find that extra motivation to dig a little deeper, uh, maybe it is a week that it pays off.
0: All right. Uh, for sure. Again, fun tournament. If you haven't, if you don't usually follow it or watch it, it's a, uh, it's a cool event, a cool course. So, uh, enjoy it build some lineups, give yourself a sweat, uh, bet the 400 to one winners with me. Maybe, you know, somebody else bets some of those guys and then it hits. I mean, then we really got a party like, uh, other people are, you know, whatever your crowns are, it doesn't have to be $200 worth of crowns. Maybe you got 40 bucks worth of crowns and you put four, $10 bets, on some of those 6k guys and if a if a crapper wins this tournament doesn't have to be the same guys i put out there uh doesn't have to be the you know the, the guys noto who likes whoever it is if yeah. you got a 6k crapper in dfs that you like uh bet your crowns on them to win this week whatever your crowns are on DraftKings, and then if somebody horrible wins this tournament i want to see somebody posting some tickets uh, to us Uh, with uh, with that golfer next week and if dustin johnson wins you know we'll just pretend like this conversation didn't happen so uh, it's win-win for everybody but uh, with that we'll go ahead and call it a show for this week for you Uh, appreciate all of you checking us out and uh, building some lineups along with it hope you enjoyed the masters and uh, until then we'll uh, not until then masters is for another 51 weeks as much as we want to try to bring it back but uh, until next week For our producer, Steve, working hard for us behind the scenes, and for Noto, I am Justin. Have a great week, everybody, and we will catch you later.